Welcome to another meeting of the After School Anime Club. I'm your host, Max Newland, and with me today are two of my very best friends in the world. First of all, he's a, a Joker um, and a... I've really painted myself Finish into the a thought. Here, <laughs> yeah, He is all of those things. Joker, Thank Smoker, you. Midnight Toker. I don't know if he does that anymore, but... No comment? His name is Max Kostrak. Hello. <laughs> Hello. So excited to be here to talk about another anime today. And with me also, she's multi-talented, multi-faceted, and uh, multi... Um, uh, Finish it. F- <laughs> Sounds like such a threat. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've heard her here. Her name is Stevie Matos. Hello. Hello. How art thou? Hey there. Hey there. Oh, uh, well, fine. Welcome to you all. Oh, man. I can't do that. Oh, what? You can't talk like this. I've been talking like this for literally a whole month now. Okay, Doctor Who. We could have a whole cast of characters. Oh, no, I really could. No, I've, I've had to talk like this for, for a job. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, are you actually because uh, you're actually an actor and you do you yes. do things on a stage. Yep, I'm doing a show where I have to uh, I have to have a Manchester England accent. Oh, and it's mm, very weird. Okay. It sounds like this kind of yeah. Okay, it's weird. I could believe it. No, I could believe it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you watched Ted Lasso, but there's apparently an a uh, character that is from Manchester. It's the one who goes Kila. All the time, but I don't watch Ted Lasso because I don't have Apple TV. So neither do I. So yeah. he'll just remain a, a mythical figure in the ether. Good. Another right. reason is because we spend all our time watching anime here in That's the right. Correct. This is the anime club. This is the anime um, club, not the Ted Lasso club. Sorry, I, I mean they probably great. have that somewhere. So the oh, good yes. news: if you were looking for the Ted Lasso club, it may not be here. But uh, just put that in iTunes, and you'll see what you get. Yeah. After you listen to us. Talk yeah. about we're we're doing Outlaw Star today. Boom! <laughs> right. Yeah, so I picked Outlaw Star for us because uh, it was something that I had a strong connection to around the same time as Tenchi, mm-hmm. um, and also it is just something that I've I rarely meet people who have who have like extensive knowledge of Outlaw Star. So I thought this would be a cool niche subject for us to cover. I agree. But, I have ne- this is another one I have never seen, so I'm getting a fresh take. And I feel like I'm exploring a, a missed timeline where I watched more anime in the past. I definitely watched it when I was younger, but I watched it in fits and starts. So being okay. and then I watched like I watched it recently before before now as an adult. So I was like, ooh, this, this is one? actually my first time going back to this. Well, since I was mm. um, 10 years old child. Oh, nice. <laughs> a wee lad of 10 years. The shine has somewhat come off the apple, uh, but not in like a very intense way. I did still have a lot of fun watching these first I two episodes. I had fun with this one, yeah. It's, it's a good time. Before we get into our summary, before we get into our game, I, I, how, would, how did you all enjoy this? I thought it was really fun. I, I like that it's going for something... Uh, a little darker and a little more like trying to be a little bit more adult. Yeah, yeah, I think this is very this is very different. And I think, you know, as we continue along here, we're obviously going to build a narrative between our different shows. So mm-hmm. we started with Tenchi, which is very much its own thing, uh, which we have <laughs> yeah. already talked about oh, yeah. extensively for three episodes. <laughs> right. And now we are shifting over to a very different thing. Yeah. Very different. Mm-hmm. I first I was like always because I'm always like outfits. <laughs> I always oh, like, the I was like the fashion is so the good. Hair. 
<laughs> right? Everybody's hair is so spiky. Um, but I've always loved the like the space element of it all. I've always I just love I love space. I love I robots. love that crunchy spaceship anime. Like it's yeah. just oh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. And I am sorry, we're getting too deep into this, aren't we? We are. Newland, we are. Do you have a game for us? It's really good that you said that because we, I went in a similar direction with the game. Um, there's going to be some information coming out that you'll be like, oh, interesting. And I didn't prepare. I, I hope you weren't expecting a new game for every single episode. Oh, I did no. Go back. Nah. I did decide that since we're starting a new series, it would be good to go back to uh, back to basics. Edutainment. We're going to learn and play a game. I love uh, this. I've prepared a game for you called No Need for Trivia. Yeah, we're just keeping the name. It's the same Perfect. game. Like, you know, who cares? We're, we're, I love we're, that. we're building this plane as we fly it. Yeah, let's go. I don't remember who won the last game. Uh, so let's well, let's go with what I did in the very first episode again. Who here most recently watched anime that was not prescribed for this program? When did you watch anime today? Did you watch anime today? Yes, but it was this morning. It was pretty early this morning before oh. work. Yeah. I rewatched 101.5 of One Piece. Oh, got oh, it. Okay. No, no, no. I was. I've been. I've been watching Food Wars recently, but I've heard of that. Oh, it's. I've it, seen a preview that upset me. It's wild. It's wild. Recommend though. Kostrak, you're gonna get the first question here. So, question one. I'm ready. Outlaw Star shares a lot in common with the American sci-fi drama Firefly, including the Girl in a Box starting incident. Which of these two series came first? I, oh, I, I'm, oh, this, uh, I'm, I'm psyching myself out here. I'm going to say Outlaw Star, which I know came out in Japan in 98. I feel like Firefly had to have been after that. You were correct. Uh, Firefly was 2002. I was so worried that my entire world was about to be rocked to its (laughs) core. You took your life and your land and somewhere where it could not stand. Proud of you. That's the, that's the, yeah, that's the that opening the lyrics song. of the Firefly yeah, yeah. theme song. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> In fact, it's even, they had an even bigger lead than, than you thought, because the Outlaw Star is based on a manga, which was first released mm-hmm. in 96. Ah. Ooh, okay. So, yeah, it was not an original idea in 2002 when, <laughs> when they did that. Good job, Joss. Um, okay, Stevie, are, are you ready for question number two? Let's go. Series mechanical designer Shoji Kawamori has designed ships and mecha for a lot of popular anime. Mm-hmm. Can you name at least one? Um... The, the two big hints are he's designed ships and, and mecha, mecha, both, both yeah. things. And mm-hmm. the other thing is that, like, he is so prolific that many of your guesses will probably be I'm correct. thinking of the ship designs, and I'm thinking of, like, what they always remind me of. And I want to say Cowboy Bebop? That's correct. Yes! Oh. Shoji Kawamori, who worked on Cowboy Bebop, also designed specifically 
the ship that this, t- this show is named after, Outlaw Star. Yes. That is really interesting because I can see that similarity in the way mm-hmm. they're like mechanically put together and that crunchiness yeah. I mentioned that earlier. You, you know really what it is for that, me? Yes. It's very specifically, and we're not there yet, but we kind of saw some of it in like the first episode, I think in like the flashback or the second episode. Yeah, the second episode. Er, first episode. Anyway, anyway, there's a there's a spaceship that has arms. And yeah. Jet Spaceship has arms in Outlaw and uh, Cowboy Bebop. Ship um, arms. I think Ship prob- arms. probably the biggest thing he's known for is Macross. He did all of the oh. all of the mech designs for all of the Macross series and also quite that. a bit more. He was also director and writer on many episodes. Wow, um, I've never seen Macross. If you've seen Robotech, what the what we called in the US Robotech, you've seen a bit of Macross. Because they, Robotech is a weird thing. They just smashed a bunch of anime together into one show. I didn't know that. I've never seen Robotech. Very good. (laughs) It's worth covering on this show, I think, even though it is kind Uh, of a travesty. Add it to the list. Putting a pin in that. Putting a pin in that. Yes, absolutely. Question number three. This one's for you, Max Costra. Yes. Gene Starwind shares a first name with a sci-fi TV showrunner whose spacefaring series is still going strong today. What franchise did Gene's namesake create? I Okay, I, okay good. I know the answer to this because I can't remember the last name, but it's Star Trek. It's Gene, is it Roddenberry? Correct, Correct on both counts. Sorry, yes. I was so yes. excited. I was like, it's Gene Roddenberry. <laughs> We're kicking ass, Stevie. We really are. Let's fucking go. <laughs> Uh, I'm asking you. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm asking you a lot fewer questions about like <laughs> Japanese culture and Shinto and things like that. Um, I tried to make it a little easier this time. This is another one that is similar to that one. Uh, question number four for you, Stevie. Mm-hmm. Jim Hawking also shares a name with someone famous. This one is fictional, however. What pirate-themed story does Jim Hawking's namesake hail from? Oh no, I was so ready for the real person and it's... No, this one's not a real person. It's not a real person. You said a pirate? It's a pirate-themed story. Very <gasps> famous pirate story. Treasure Island? That's absolutely correct. Oh my god. <laughs> Which we have to talk about how much this... I feel like that reference makes this Treasure Planet, right? Yes, this yeah. is a very like Treasure Island type series, yeah. Um, very similar plot beats in these first two episodes. That made me stress sweat. <laughs> <laughs> I was ready to pounce Stevie. I was like, I know this. <laughs> I do not know. This next one might throw you for a loop, though, Max. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Question number five. The key pirates use Dao magic, which requires them to chant the magic words Pagua Sonfa over and over again. What does... Pagua Sonfa mean. Here's the problem. I don't think I can call on my Japanese knowledge for this because I believe because it's Tao magic, this is all Chinese. Um, That's a reasonable assumption. Will you say the magic words one more time? Pagua Sonfa. Oh, I have no fucking idea. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to pass. I don't know. All right. I... I I do not know what little Japanese, what little like non-European language I know is Japanese. <laughs> I, I have a hint for you, which okay. is that knowledge of foreign languages will not necessarily help you with this. <laughs> Got it. Okay. okay. That's good to know. That's good to know. Um, 
What does it mean? I I can't even I can't even guess without sounding like a really horrible American. So okay. I truly do not know. <laughs> well, uh, I'm glad to tell you that the pressure is off. You're not a horrible American. Pagua Sanfa is gibberish. It means nothing. Oh, thank oh, God. <laughs> a trick question. It was a trick question. You jester. <laughs> it was created to sound like Chinese by the uh, original Japanese. Wow, and it writer. did, to be honest. <laughs> Especially when they're just doing it over and over again, and there's the like yeah. obvious symbology flowing around them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, they just They didn't put the effort in. They didn't come up with a real thing. Well, they didn't put effort into a lot of things if you looked too closely. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, well, and we'll get to this. We took a close gonna... look at a couple of frames. Yeah, we sure did. All right, one last question to get out of the way, and it's for you, Stevie. Okay. When Outlaw Star premiered on Toonami in 2001, it was heavily censored for Western audiences. Oh, yes. What changes, if any, were made to the reveal of Melfina at the end of episode one? Was she wearing a jumpsuit? Can you can you go into more detail? Uh, was it like a, was she wearing like a, oh my gosh, my brain can only think of <laughs> like the Neon Genesis Evangelion kind of-esque suits. So like you're talking like full body coverage? Like a, like a full body coverage? It's incorrect, unfortunately. Oh no, what? I'm going to, uh, that means it goes to me, right? Yeah. Yes. I'm going to take a wild guess that I think would be very funny based on Tenchi is that they put her in basically like a two-piece swimsuit. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, she basically looks like she's wearing a sports bra and bike shorts. Oh, okay. Okay. Not exactly a swimsuit. Not a bikini per se, but it is a two-piece, yeah. Well, they keep they keep the 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 style because that we'll we'll talk later about huh, how they put uh uh Hilda in that in the second episode. Oh my episode. god! Yep, yep. It's it's very cool though, very cool biker shorts and sports bra. Well, you all did really really well. I'm very proud yeah. of you. Um, th- thank you for playing my game today. Of course. Thank you, Jigsaw. You're welcome. <laughs> we do die if we get under a certain score. Yes. They haven't gotten there yet. I've been trying yet. to fail every time. <laughs> <laughs> Please release us. Oh, God. Once we finish Tenchi Universe, I'll release you. <laughs> okay, so uh, long-time listeners know game is over. That means what comes up next is, uh, in case you didn't watch along with us, we're going to read a brief summary of what happened on these two episodes. Episode 1, Outlaw World, opens on an active chase. Hot Ice Hilda is on the run from a group of space pirates. We quickly shift our focus, however, to the planet Sentinel-3, where Death Rob is on the hunt for a man called Gene, who is gambling with a child at the bar. After a quick tussle and a night on the town, we learn that that child was Gene's business partner, Jim. A new client, using the name Rachel, engages their outfit, Starwind and Hawking, on a special mission that has Jim feeling suspicious. Gene takes a meeting with her to review the job, and they're cornered and chased by the pirates from earlier. 
Rachel's ruse is revealed, and closing in fast, the pirates turn out to be more than a match for Gene's traditional weaponry. So he breaks out the big guns, caster shell number three. Once they arrive at their destination, we learn the unseemly truth about the treasure everyone's after. It's a girl in a box. In episode two, World of Desires, Hilda spills the beans in exchange for some repairs. The beans are thus. Hilda's an outlaw who killed the pirate's boss some years ago. Speaking of pirates, they're here, and they're issuing an ultimatum. Gene's caster gun fails at a critical moment, but Hilda and Jim arrive with air support just in time. Cargo girl Melfina's resuscitation now completed, our four heroes escape to Hilda's ship in the nick of time. Before arriving at their destination, though, we flash back to Gene's childhood and the traumatic memory that's kept him landlocked for years. At the outlaw city Blue Heaven, Jim and Melfina bond over the local culture and pick her up some sweet duds, while Gene and Hilda talk particulars. She's after a special ship, too. A grappler ship, in fact. Hilda can't stop herself from starting trouble, but she's proficient at finishing, too. Though it comes back to bite her later when the goons from the bar move in for revenge. And we leave on that cliffhanger. I do. You do. Uh, a whole lot of shit happens in these two episodes, you guys. <gasps> yeah, this is a fast-moving show in, a, in yeah. a good way, I think. Yeah, it really wraps you up. Yeah, it sets it all up immediately. You're like, cool, this is where we're at. Awesome. Yeah, we've got some powers in play. We've got mm-hmm. technology and we've got magic. Yep. Mm, yes. What, uh, so in, so one of the first things they introduce you to here is that um, once, once we're on Sentinel-3, they make very certain to show that not only is this like the future and we're in space, there are cyborgs here. And yeah. they're common enough that you might not know that you're talking to one. Yeah. Yeah, cool, the technology cool, cool. in this like in this show is really cool. Like and you know these like and like Gene and Jim aren't necessarily like, you know, big wigs, got a lot of money, you know. They're two guys who run like they're essentially scrapping. like Yeah, they're scrappers. Like they literally are just like <laughs> like mechanics, anything, jacks for hire, jack of all trades for hire. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool just what technology is like is like like exists in the world because like yes that was one of my favorite things is that like you know jim flips out this little thing and is like he's this kind of cyborg and i was like yo that's sick what a cool combination these two guys are yeah yeah and it sets up their relationship too as gene being the guy who shoots first and jim being the guy who is like trying to analyze the situation trying to be the brains he called himself the brains of the operation i think yes. in one of our episodes yeah uh, which is great because he's 11 years old uh, i think it's a good duo i think it's that's it, always fun you've got the reckless guy and the person chastising him absolutely the entire time like you've got this and i like how like you even though like jim is 11 <laughs> Jim is like still more emotionally resp- like mature and responsible oh, than Gene. Yeah. And he's constantly giving Gene shit for how how immature he is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Poor his emotional regulation is. <laughs> yes. I'm like, ah, so we know who pays the rent here. Great. Mm-hmm. Hi, I'm an adult man and my intellectual uh, equal and p- business partner is 11 years old. I let him drive the car. Right. He can't flip an egg, but he can fix an arm. <laughs> he can fly a spaceship. Egg flipping. Yeah. <laughs> That's the cutest. He's like, dang it. And like, <laughs> Gene just flips it. And I was like, Gene oh. doesn't even let him have the egg. No. Gene started the fucking omelet and Gene's the one eating it. Rude. See, Rude I figured Gene. that they both had eggs, except that 
Gene decided to put his in a sandwich. That's my headcanon. We're coming to you with really the hard-hitting anime food news <laughs> on this damn TV show, um, po- podcast. I care about food. I care about food, food. Food is important. You were just watching Food Wars. I know food is important. So good. <laughs> uh, one of the first notes I took here is just in all caps, Death Rob. <laughs> Death Rob's <laughs> such a good name. If if you are able to, and remember, he got this name because he killed 30 people. Yes. If you are able to to do that and get death at the front of your name, I mean, that's that's unbeatable. Hell of a calling card, Death Max. Death Stevie. <laughs> death Max is a really cool name. I only laughed because I was surprised at how cool it sounded. That's what the kids on TikTok are doing. They're death maxing. <laughs> I had a horrible image as what death maxing would have been, and it it involves warheads, and I don't I don't recommend oh, Jesus. it. <laughs> no. I was wondering if we could talk timeline for a second. Um, oh yeah, totally. I was oh, yeah. doing some, you know, as you do sometimes. I was just googling, and that's where I got the ninety eight number earlier nice. for for the release of this. The curious thing here, and like what is obviously going to be a comparison point for us later, is that Cowboy Bebop also came out in 98 yeah and oh, it shit. feels very weird to me that these two anime are in the same year because outlaw star especially the hair especially the hair made me think that this was way older than it was yeah not just that the faces too right yeah but I guess the style mm-hmm. of the big, this big eyes little nose little mouth you know and like, really yeah. heavy inks like insanely yeah. heavy yeah. Ink outlines on all of these characters and and mm-hmm. and it goes it's variable too right like for for some like action poses and things you'll get much more striking lines whereas mm-hmm. like you can see where maybe they didn't have a whole lot of budget. You yeah. Know? And that's another difference between this and the show we just finished. You know, Tenchi's an OVA. They get a, they have a, a big chunk of money they get to spend however they want on six episodes. This right. is a little different. This is a TV series. Ah, so they, they were working under some very different limitations. Exactly. Yeah. Which yeah. does make sense. So, I will say some of the animation you can tell in between uh, did not have a, a solid level, level of effort across the board. But I will say, at each of these two episodes had quite a bit of action in them. Oh, yeah. A um, lot, They're very yeah. action-packed. And it's not just, like, ship combat in space, which is what it opens with. Like, there are some really cool kung fu fighting moments in this. Like, Gene oh, yeah. scraps with these pirates, and it's awesome. One of my favorite things is that Gene actually, as you can kind of sort of tell, he's really not that great of a fighter. If he doesn't have a gun in his hands, he's kind of, like, evading yeah. until he can figure out how to overpower a person. Uh (laughs) Um, It's very obvious when he's fighting death Rob, because when he's like, when he runs out of bullets, you know, he pulls out a knife and he's kind of okay at it. But like the animation on that is also really cool. Another version is when he's fighting the, the The ninjas, the ninjas in the street and all of the dodging, the the guy's hands was very cool. Yeah. It's really neat. And I do think his reliance on, on a, on guns and technology is, is very funny in that. And same. There's these moments where he is, he is humbled by it. Not only uh, Max, you mentioned during the recap where his, his caster fails at a critical (laughs) moment, but my favorite comedic moment in the first episode, when they get in the car, (laughs) they're about to make a getaway. It takes off for one second, one second. And then hits the ground it's and and then jump cut to them in the back fixing it perfect moment there is a lot of really interesting timing 
in these two episodes. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how much you guys yes. picked up on that, but like yes. there's a the first place I noticed it was Jim is telling Jean about the the job that they got from Rachel, and mm-hmm. Jean has some comment about how she's really pretty or whatever, and. Jim holds like the camera just holds on Jim's face totally silent for about a second and he yeah. says women will be the death of you someday. Yes. <laughs> and he let that moment live for so long like way they longer than a couple I thought times. He was. There's yeah. they let they let sexual innuendo just hang. The the sexual innuendo bits are they go they don't go on like too <laughs> live long. in this. But they they just live in them. Like there's one in the second episode when they when after everyone's making fun of Gene for going to space for the first time since he was a kid, and Jim's like, "Oh, popped your cherry!" And like he doesn't space stop making cherry. Yeah, you're popped your space cherry, and like and like he doesn't stop ribbing Gene for being yes, like I guess I a, a space virgin. He's like, "You better quit it, or I'm gonna essentially beat your ass." And this is like they do this all of the time. Like like the other the other moment when um. Gene's going going to the um to see a sex worker, right? And he's like, "Well, if you want to come with me, we can turn you into a man tonight." And Jim's like, "What?" Uh, I'm eleven. Eleven? Like, yeah. Like, excuse me, Kwasser. You're an adult. <laughs> Poor Kwasser. Like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, they also yeah. use this for drama in some places. Mm. Um, there's when episode two opens, Gene has. Hilda hostage essentially and she is really stalling like she's really really playing for time in these moments um, and I thought that was interesting because it kind of it demonstrates a really strong push and pull and a sense of urgency in the plot mm-hmm. being built yeah. at a very early stage I agree yeah that was that was compelling like you could tell that that's that's what's going on can I just say I I, I like Hilda as a character so far oh, fuck. yeah Hilda's cool. dope yeah she kicks ass <laughs> Hilda's a dope Speaking of timing, like there's a moment where she she pulls out essentially like a taser against oh, these uh dude, these three guys. I love that. And she oh. darts in, one, two, three, pops them. And again, there's a moment where I honestly I thought my thing had frozen for a second. Because there's a moment where they're all standing there, nobody moves, and then they collapse. Yeah. Hilda doesn't take shit. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. I like that. Hilda Hilda is a Diggity dope. She's so cool. She sticks around for a while, if I recall correctly. So I'm looking oh, yeah. forward to seeing more of her. Yeah, she sticks around for a while. But yeah, I like how they use they use the this. They also use it for going back to the drama thing. The moments of silence is when you see it, and we'll see it absolutely, definitely more with Memphina. But Memphina has a lot of moments of silence where she just has to sit oh, in yeah. emotion. We saw a couple of those. We saw one like when she was in the dressing room, and one like before she actually got dressed, she was crying, mm-hmm. and it was like. So it's it's cool because they use that, you know, they use it for for levity, but they also absolutely use it for drama because it is still very much like in its way, like a a space noir because it deals with kind of people who are thrown together, but still feel very isolated. You get that. I get that vibe in these first episodes. There's a phrase that I hear associated with noir, which is shake the tree and see what falls out. That's what these guys are constantly doing. Like there is never they're never stymied for how to proceed. They know where they need to go and what information they need. It might be tough to get, but they're going to do something. They're very action-oriented protagonists, which I love. Yes, it does. It makes it very fun. It has a good pace. Yes. Speaking of, of, of so there's Hilda and then there's Melfina, who is the, is that her name? Is yes. The girl in the box? Yeah. And I'm interested to see, I feel like we do not know enough about this character yet. I feel like she's only had sort of a few 
almost like entirely off screen, just like where she's hanging out. There is the dressing room and, and, and some of that, but just seems to be more like an unaware person. I do love that her very first line after waking up is, why did I have to be born? Yeah. That's dark. She's so sad. (laughs) (laughs) Melfina is an interesting character. A weird similarity between this and Tenchi is that she is the kind of like artificial person. Mm-hmm. Uh, similar mm-hmm. to Ryoko, except obviously very different personality-wise. Very. I was going to say role. this is like the seems unaware or like yeah yeah it needs yeah. to learn how to be a person. Maybe I don't know. We'll yeah. see. Mm-hmm. There's some cool stuff we'll there. Hey, but there's one thing I did learn um, from episode two that I think is really important. We touch on what all men were once boys. <laughs> And all boys will become men. The the last, the first two minutes of that second episode is this long monologue about the boy. Yeah. Yeah, it's very heavy handed. And about men becoming boys and boys becoming men. Men. Men becoming wolves. (laughs) (laughs) Outlawed bar mitzvah. Spooky Spooky scary. scary. I sing that out loud once a week. No joke. Same to this day. <laughs> On the subject of spooky SNL things, I actually was able to drop a David S. Pumpkins reference in Holy training shit. today. I definitely hit somebody with an Any Any questions? questions? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So the speech at the beginning is strange. I will say what is cool to me is the gunshot transitions like I it, it, it makes it feel like i don't like a wild west show or something yes absolutely the it's so yeah. cool I, I don't know if you noticed the eye catches um the, the like commercial break eye oh, catches yeah. they're yeah. so high energy they're like the yeah. most high energy eye catches i've ever seen that tickled that tickled like middle school brain for me mm-hmm. i was like man uh-huh. i remember these these are sick this and the closing the closing song the closing theme so sad so wistful there was some exposition in episode two that i want to touch on with you all mm-hmm. which is uh which given to us by the little trash can boy <laughs> whose name is swanzo swanzo yes yeah swanzo's cool i like swanzo did you know that he is wearing a suit yeah that is not a robot it is a little frog man who has to wear a little suit because it's like full of yeah he's like an amphibian so like if you notice like so his you know where his eyes pop he looks like a droid right but like, i there's fully a part- thought he was a robot no where his eyes pop out there's a tube and i'm like oh he's in a tank yeah that's way cooler he's like yeah. tali from mass effect basically he has like a little mm-hmm. gas environment in there that he needs and everybody wants to fuck him <laughs> sorry <laughs> Sorry for swearing. It's probably true. There's somebody out there. Something for everything, for everyone. But anyway, I brought him up because he gives us some key exposition here, which is that there are three distinct powers in the world. Mm -hmm. There's the law, the pirates, and the outlaws. Cool, cool. And specifically, outlaws are like distinct from both in that they don't have an alignment. So, like, yeah. by not having a lo- an alignment, they're kind of aligned with each other. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Yeah, because there was rules on Blue Heaven. Yes. Right? Where no it was guns, like, no it's guns. It's a space station and we'll all die. Yeah. And so it's like, Smart. yeah. And they were like, they were essentially like heavily insinuating that we'll just essentially fucking airlock you if you yeah. fire a gun you, on this space station. Killed. You like, will be killed. Zero tolerance. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, which was actually kind of cool for that second episode when it came to the fights and the animation of the fights because nobody yes. could fight with a gun. Mm hmm. Which up to this point was Gene's like whole thing, his magic his whole, gun. Yeah, his whole thing was his magic gun. So it was really cool to see, you know, the 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 taser knuckles and like the cool like electric tridents. Everybody fights with electricity. Can I just say, speaking like you mentioned Stevie earlier that like some of this was like really lighting up your kid brain, those those yes. gunshot transitions. Yes. You know what lit my kid brain up like crazy when I was watching what? this? A what? gun that shoots magic. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It's the dream. It is I mean. absolutely. The, they don't, and they kind of hint about that. Like they, the only real hint that the gun is literal magic is that the, the tap, the key pirates when he's shooting them, yeah, literally say that's old magic. Like that's yeah, they say mm -hmm. old magic. It's called they a do. caster. Yeah. Yes. A caster. And mm -hmm. it's called a caster, like like casting magics. Big mm -hmm. mommy gunbreaker over here was like, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I really so. love the way that the 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 shells that have like this distinct economy. Like it's a big deal <sighs> that he had to use three of them. That's it's a fantastic kind of a limitation. So it's like if there's a guy who could fire a giant screen wide laser, he right. should only have a couple of those. Correct. And I like how it doesn't get to be used as like this constant like deus ex in fights. Absolutely. And I also like how there's this insinuation that different bullets do different things where he's like, oh, man, that was the only three I had. And I was like, first of all. And they can be duds. It's another yes, layer. They of can yeah, break. they Tension. can be duds. Yeah. Like, this is like, not a this is not a fight ender. This is the tool that he uses to stay alive. Right. Like, and it's a, and it's a last resort because he's not a bad shot. It's just when it's like, oh, my regular gun doesn't work. Also, my bazooka doesn't work. Also, my f my chopped off pistol doesn't work. I guess I'll use the caster. Get the caster out. And it's against uh, the magic users. These and it, this came up during yeah. trivia, right? The, the these Dao priests, they're using. They're called the Key Pirate Guild. K -E -I. OK, the Key Pirate. OK. And they're using is it Dao <gasps> magic? Yes. That just, oh my god, my They brain. say Tao magic on the show, but that's... It is, that's yeah, to pronounce it. it correctly, it would be Tao. But you said key, and did y'all notice, it's just my brain, I just, I had to do that gasp because I had a eureka moment. Did y'all notice that the ninjas have a cue around <gasps> one eye? <gasps> Holy fucking shit, Stevie. Yo! You just cracked this wide open. Yo! I never noticed. I genuinely never noticed that. I'm actually. I, yeah, I did not notice amazing. that either. I didn't understand why they had the like an uppercase Q like on their mask. There's one frame where like right when he's fighting, when Gene's fighting them in the alley, there's one um, close up frame of like their face before he headbutts them and my first thought was is that a steel mask because that would be very ineffective sorry fight director brain it's all true. the time <laughs> um, but the other thing i noticed was over one eye there's an uppercase like there's there's a red ring with a tail and it looks very much like an uppercase letter q okay in, like, i'm seeing western it letters yeah do you see i was like yeah. oh, so you saying the key pirates I was like qi <laughs> Like that, that black cool. kid, like gif, like zooming through space is me right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
I loved these guys, the like ninja dudes. I thought yeah. they were so fucking cool when I was a kid. I thought it they was so cool, cool that the wizard turned them into a little <laughs> yes. ship for him oh to ride. God. Yes. So funny. I was like, what is happening? I could not believe it as it was happening on screen as they all like did a dance and flipped around and became a platform. Yes. I literally thought like they were going to like shape shift, but no, they yeah. just arranged their no. bodies into a donut. Yes, essentially, with it. guns on the side. Yeah. With laser guns on the side. That's the power of magic. Heck yeah. <laughs> this is what magic looks like. <laughs> this is the magic that I accept. He, he does do real magic, though, because he summons a big-ass dragon made out of water. It's water? I thought it was, like, cool smoke. It looked like water, but I, I it was blue something. It's bright yeah. blue flowing yeah. kind of dragon. Oh, but that would make sense because they're in a field. You can pull water out of like anything yeah. in a field. So I also uh, feel like they're don't they're not following the rules that closely. No, no. I feel no... like magic so far can kind of just do stuff. I mean, the great thing about magic in general is that you just essentially like in any sort of storytelling, unless like it is like a story about magic, and there are like types of magic users you don't need to explain the rules yeah. people will figure it out they'll out, keep out up. Art is pointedly not the kind of show that's going to explain those rules to you because it it doesn't fucking cool matter. i'm fine yep. with that sometimes i like an anime that just doesn't tell me anything yeah yeah i was a fan of dragon ball z yeah. <laughs> boom exactly yeah. and 100%. that guy was making it up fully as he went <laughs> as he went weak by week truly because i mean come on when you'd have an entire episode that was just somebody doing the second part of a kamehameha he was making uh, it sometimes up. you get tired so you sometimes you have a week where it's like i'm gonna put off work <laughs> right <laughs> yeah he's uh charging the spirit bomb yeah, yeah. again <laughs> right yeah no it didn't work the past two times he tried it but you know we're doing it we're gonna try it again. To, right maybe it'll work this time i don't know leave me alone right. i'm playing mist <laughs> on my computer I sometimes feel like I'm the only person who knew that game existed. Thank you for saying it. Thank you. You're welcome. Appreciate you. Look in addition to magic, uh, we also have spaceships in this TV show. Yep. Uh, this is the first TV show I've ever seen. Uh, you mentioned it had it in a, in, a, in a Cowboy Bebop, but this is the first TV show I've ever seen where they make a big deal out about the fact that these things have arms. Yeah. <laughs> these things got arms. Yeah. They will grab you. This spaceship can punch. Yeah. They'll punch you. This this. This boat's got punchins. Oh, man, that ship just flicked me off. <laughs> and you'll see a lot more of that as we go on. It's very, as we learned in episode two, Hilda's after what she calls a grappler these, ship. These ships so. are the octopodes of yeah, space. That's in our future. Is that literal? Is it going to, like, suplex other ships? <laughs> you know what? Let's let's not say anything, Stevie. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to spoil it for you. No, let's not say anything. Don't. I don't want to. I will be hopefully <laughs> pleasantly surprised. I mean, I feel like saying that these ships are the octopodes of space is like more than enough of a hint. Yes. Because if you know anything about oct octopus. Yeah. And I yeah. do. Great. <laughs> Good. Because kind of that. I feel like I know everything now. <laughs> kind of that, honestly. There are... Some other things I wanted to touch on. Um, there were some names dropped in this episode, mm -hmm. in episode two specifically. Um, when Hilda and the gang arrive on Blue Heaven, Swanzo says, guy named McCoy's looking for you, and we, we meet McCoy. McCoy this, um, McDougal that. Now there's the other one. The McDougals are, are the McDougal brothers, brothers yeah. he says, mm -hmm. are also in town. 
Hmm. Um, what is up with all the Scottish names? <laughs> Dang it, Jim, I'm a thug, not a doctor. Oh, shit. Another Star Trek reference Boom. that I didn't clock. Gotcha. But yeah, th- there there are some uh, very interestingly named characters in this TV show. McDougal is a very, is kind of a strange name for uh, what these guys will end up becoming. <laughs> Um, but I was I was kind of shocked we didn't get to introduce we didn't get introduced to more major characters in these first two episodes. Yeah, because from the opening I know that we've got a couple more on the way. Yeah, we do. We have yes. a couple more, and some of them come later than you expect. That's not a big spoiler. Oh, yeah. They just some of them just come a lot later than you'd expect because they're in the opening credits for a while, and you're like, who is this? Have I seen this? Who the before? fuck? You is know, this? who the fuck is this? It who truly is this? it truly happens that way. We got. I think the when the good thing is that we got we got introduced to like the absolute key players at this point um yeah. which is yeah, obviously yeah. the most is very important but yeah there's got some we've got some other people who are going to come up way later and by time they come up you're like wait a minute huh but it's i'm i'm looking forward to that too i also one thing we haven't talked about mostly because it like freaked our beans before this <laughs> was hilda's fake persona id Rachel? we are now entering into yes. the id discussion zone we have to sit down and talk about this we all three of us talk about this because this is the thing that made me stop and rewind and pause the yeah first i screenshot my way through these episodes and this one was a, a primo screenshot i will post it on our twitter Yes. Um, so you can read every line of this wonderful ID that <laughs> they throw ab- up on the screen for, I'd say, about five seconds or so. Yes, this absolutely redonkulous ID. First of all, thank y'all for knowing what three size meant. Also, ew, David. <laughs> yeah, not happy that we figured that one out collectively. <laughs> Yeah, okay, horrible. so he, l- let, let me just describe this so we have a baseline for anyone listening who doesn't have our Please. Twitter pulled up. This is yes. essentially Hilda, who at the time is going by Rachel Sweet. With two L's, <laughs> critically. Sweet. Rachel Sweet. Yeah, Rachel who, Sweet. who Jim sort of pulls up on Google, essentially, and her <laughs> profile is it's not a lot of relevant information for someone who needs to like work with her professionally i'm gonna list off a few things here figure (laughs) very good (laughs) date of birth blood type height spelled wrong weight yes age sex and then what we discussed the most here three size which it lists as dynamite her three size is dynamite (laughs) so in the future your id will objectify you yes twice twice (laughs) absolutely twice and then looking at the date she was born in 88 and she was 23 years old (laughs) that's the funniest thing which made it that this that this whole like universe is set in like what did i say like 20 2011 yeah, if you're born in 88 20, and you're 23 years old, it was 2011. It was 2011. Wow, was how like, optimistic. I was like, so humanity failed us um, in multiple ways. One, don't have spaceships, not terraforming other planets, don't have, like, but not a failure, not horribly objectifying uh, IDs that are on the internet of a pool. just on Google. That, no, on the internet of a pool queue? Designer? Oh, you know what? Right. If if Facebook had initially evolved a little bit differently, as we know, Maybe. you know its origins, this could very well be what what happens anytime <laughs> you Google somebody. Right. <laughs> Absolutely, that's true because that was the whole point of Facebook. Max Kostrak figure. It it just has a frowny face. <laughs> 
I'd also like to point out that her cover identity that she created for herself is a um, 4-H kid <laughs> who went to Liberty Bell Universal College. <laughs> Also, really Liberty Bell. <laughs> Liberty Bell. <laughs> and then she got like an agriculture degree or something. They mentioned mm-hmm. something about agriculture. <laughs> uh, I, I'm looking at the screenshot right now, by the way. It is not Liberty Bell. What it's is it? Liberty Bell with a V. No. Liberty. Oh, no. What? <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, it, they, it was only on screen for five seconds. Yeah, you yeah. know what? Nobody, nobody has to... Double they really, check this. they expected nobody to read it. That's what they expected. Mm-hmm. These are all jokes hidden here specifically for us. Yes, I appreciate the Easter eggs that may never come up again. I am actually, I found it very compelling that Jean has this like childhood trauma yeah. about space. Mm-hmm. Like that's really interesting. He gets over it really fast, but. Kind of. I mean, he's having the, he's having these bad dream. I mean, he makes it to space, but you can tell it's, I think it's still traumatic somewhat. Yeah, he wasn't comfortable in takeoff. And And his 11-year-old buddy just fucking making fun of him the whole time. Ripping him the whole time. Demoralizing, truly. (laughs) I I find it interesting about the trauma because it's like, especially because we see this this kind of like conflict, this internal conflict between him where he wants to go to space. He mentions it, that he's infatuated with the concept of space, but he's never really taken any steps towards going into space because he wants to be considered an outlaw he wants to be considered a bounty hunter but bounty hunters need a spaceship in order to bounty hunt he has this desire for freedom that he exercises by living this kind of like fast and loose lifestyle um, on this kind of backwatery planet genuinely fascinating character traits i think this is pretty well built yeah because he's like he's gonna be a he's he's got depth he's he's like he's he's getting set up and I'm hoping that he's going to be a character with depth to him and not just some like space sad boy. Yeah, if we could get some growth over the course of these episodes. That would be great. <laughs> would- I don't remember too much sad boy, um, which, you know, if that's whether that what, what no matter what direction that moves the needle for you, dear viewer. I would like us. I like sad boys that become less sad. Yes. How do you like a sad boy with a catchphrase? Hmm. Isn't that just the band brand new? Oh, you didn't have to do them like that. I like it when one of us delivers a joke and you can audibly hear it knock the breath out of somebody else. That's such a good moment. (laughs) (laughs) We got shooters out here. All right. I felt that in your 2003 bangs, Newland. I felt that Uh for you. (laughs) Not to transition us away with another um, quote, but I do have one more I wanted to touch on here. Are Please. who I thought was a robot, who is a, in fact a frogman. Um, he does have a line here. He establishes the space forces, the pirates, the outlaws, and then he drops this baller line where he goes, "Good or bad doesn't figure into solidarity and sense of duty." Where did that come from? What? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, outlaws stick up for one another. That's the idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're on the run from the law and they're on the run from pirates, so they gotta you know S- gotta support snitches one get stitches. Solidarity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is pretty cool. I like that. I mean, I like, and that's kind of what I like about like these factions that they have, where it's like they they do have their own codes. And it's like, they're like, we're going to stick to them. And if you're going to be part of us and you've got to stick to these codes, either you're in or you're out. 
And it's kind of nice how those are like the social laws of this world that we're getting introduced to mm-hmm. in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see what they do with these factions because we have like lawful good, we've got the the evil pirates, and then there are the outlaws where it's like, can we just live, please? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's going to be a lot of stuff. Uh, these three forces are going to come to be very well defined over the course of the series. Oh, cool. Um, we'll meet a lot of people who fall like who with different motivations and different allegiances. Um, the, the show has a through line to its plot, but it does have enough time to do some kind of like one off, like monster of the week nice. kind of storytelling. Not really monster, but you know what I mean? Like, is it kind of that, that sort of cowboy bebop style where we are, th- yeah. there is something yeah. to build to, but we have a lot of contained stories along the way mm-hmm. that are maybe helping to develop. Yeah. And it's a similar style of thing where it's like, you know, we got to keep the lights on. Um, money is a thing in this world. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. And and bullets are not free. Apparently yep. not. They so, sounded pretty expensive. Yeah. And they're hard to get specifically for the caster because the caster. Because oh. the casters just get, are. You just can't get those at the store. It's a rare gun. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's why they did say it was old magic. Yeah. That's why they're like, it's old magic because like, and so it's heavily. And that's why when, um when uh, Gene was like give me the number three bullet. And Jim was like, that's the last one we have. uh, Yeah. He's like, "Uh, that's the last one we've got. And he was like, give it to me anyway. Kind of thing. Like that was a thing. So yeah, it's like, it's, it's rare. So like, yeah. And I like, I like how that's like a clear, that's a constant like environmental kind of like pressure that they have because it keeps them motivated to do things. And like you were saying Newland about like how it's like, there's a through line like cowboy bebop but there or no cross track like there's a through line like there's cowboy uh, like cowboy bebop but there's contained stories that's also aided in the fact that of their profession right where they're like jacks of all trades slash yes. bounty hunters so yes. they mm-hmm. so there are episodes that yes they are getting closer to like the the through the plots like goal but they do have to do like all these other like contained things on the way in order to reach that goal which introduces to a bunch of really mm. dope characters Nice character work in this is great. It is really I good. I mean, you obviously we can tell Gene has some cool stuff going mm-hmm. on. All of the characters are so fun. I love in this Jim show. so much. We haven't met my favorite character. Um, none of you will be surprised by which <laughs> of these characters is my favorite. <laughs> it's Ryoko again. Don't worry Spoiler. About it. Yeah. Do you want, when when we meet the Ryoko of this series, I, I'm gonna say I think <laughs> even just from the preview and the opening, I have made a guess. Yeah, well, you know, I. Uh, I can't help who I am. No. And you should you shouldn't apologize. You shouldn't. You should apologize. We look, if we're look, best friends know best friends, okay? It's okay. It's true. It's okay. We still love Uh, you. And on that note, I think um thank you very much, Steve. Um on that note, I I think we can wrap it up here. Next episode, I think we should watch two more because that it kind of creates a tidy little Mm -hmm. mini arc the way this one did. Yep. Um, and uh, we'll get to learn a little bit more about what Hilda's after. We'll meet some more interesting people and we'll uh, kind of learn a bit. We'll learn what the stakes are here. What's really, what is the core of this story? We're going to find out soon. I'm looking forward to it. Yes. Let's go.
That bell means this week's meeting of the After School Anime Club has come to a close. It's been a pleasure hanging out with you, and if you'd like to follow us online, you can do so at Anime Club Pod on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Max Newland. Stevie, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at A Smattering on both platforms. And how about you, Mr. Kostrak? Uh, you can find me and interact with me on Twitter. It's uh, at Max underscore Attacks. And uh, this is the first time that we've been recording, and I can say this live. After School Anime Club is a proud member of the Moonshot Network. A fantastic group. They're of so people. great. Some of the nicest uh, and most creative people I've met in my professional career. Um, you can find a lot of their work by following them on Twitter at Moonshot Pods. Uh, they also have a Patreon and a Twitch channel that we will be uh, streaming with from time to time. Uh, I already have some plans. I'm looking at Hard Space Shipbreaker, thinking about doing a stream of that, because that seems like a fun game. Ooh. I have to get a capture card to stream. Uh, I may not. You know, I, th- we may discover that I need one as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> um, and you can find those uh, at twitch.tv slash moonshot network. You can support them on Patreon and, and buy transitive property. Support us by at patreon.com slash moonshot network. Yes. Uh, but of course, since our show's new, the best thing you can do is tell your friends, tell your family. Yell it into the streets. Absolutely. And then leave a five-star review with a rating on Apple Podcasts. And again, so long as it's not chicken-headed shit, you'll he- you may hear my voice reading it on, on the Yes, air. no chicken-headed shit. But, no ch- and not to scare you off, regular shit is fine. Absolutely. Yes. You are welcome to come shit. The CHS embargo, it does not imply to plain old shit posting. Just chicken headed shit posting. Exactly, yes. That don't fly. And you should know, if you don't know the difference, maybe hold off. You know, read the room. Mm -hmm. Um, Thank you for the five star review, though. (laughs) Yeah, no, please. Also, yeah, thank you. We love you. And we really, legitimately, I appreciate anyone taking the time to listen to us and join us here in the club. Um, It is is really and truly a pleasure. It's so fun. And with that, Thank you for listening, and we'll see you at the next meeting.